I see that um, the Sunday program in Munich is happening. I guess that's in West Park, West Park uh, in Munich. I guess that's where that's happening. It says Galaxy Town. That's correct, Marge. It's in West Park. Uh-huh. So it's interesting to um, be simultaneously in many places at once, so to say. Um, I guess it's uh, something like the... We, we hear about um, how yogis can expand themselves into so many forms. So now it's possible for everyone to do that. It's no special thing. You just click, make some, you just get on the internet and sign up in Zoom and now you can be, yeah. Okay, I've been told we are reading from Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita as it is, Bhagavad Gita Takayakon Yest, Popolsku, and uh, what a VS is, that's right, um, we're in speaking also in Germany. And uh, we're going to read the final verse of chapter three, uh, which is verse number 43. In our Srila Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita, in other Gitas, it's verse 42. I don't know, I suppose they did some merging of uh, verse where uh, Prabhupada separated. In any case, here we have uh, the end of uh, the chapter on Karma Yoga, in which uh, Krishna is making some clarifications for Arjuna, who explained in the beginning of the chapter or expressed confusion. Uh, it seemed like Krishna was saying two different things. And so Krishna, uh, Arjuna felt confusion about that. Toward the end of this chapter, uh, Verse number 36, Arjuna has a very good question. Atakeno pragutto yam papam charati purushaha anichan api varshneya balad eva niyojita. Arjuna said, O descendant of Vrishni, by what is one impelled? to sinful acts, even unwillingly, as if engaged by force? It's a very nice question. And in effect, Krishna is um, answering that question with the rest of the chapter. So verses 37 through 43, he's answering those questions. And uh, with this final Final verse, he's wrapping up that answer. So Krishna says, Evam budhe param budvaha sangstapyatmanam atmana jahi shatrum mahabhaho 
Kamarupam durasadam evam buddhe param buddha sangstapyatmanam atmana jahi shatram mahapaho kamarupam durasadam Srila Prabhupada's translation and his report are as follows. Translation, thus knowing oneself to be transcendental to the material senses, mind and intelligence. Somebody's watching this. <laughs> Thus knowing oneself to be transcendental to the material senses, mind, and intelligence, O mighty armed one, O mighty armed Arjuna, one should steady the mind by deliberate spiritual intelligence, Krishna consciousness, and thus by spiritual strength conquer the insatiable enemy known as lust. Kamarupam Durasadam. Report. This third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita is conclusively directive to Krishna consciousness by knowing oneself as the eternal servitor of the Supreme Personality of Godhead without considering impersonal voidness the ultimate end. In the material existence of life, one is certainly influenced by propensities for lust and desire for dominating the resources of material nature, desire for overlording and for sense gratification is the greatest enemy of the conditioned soul. But by the strength of Krishna consciousness, one can control the material senses, the mind, and the intelligence. One may not give up work and prescribe duties all of a sudden, but by gradually developing Krishna consciousness, one can be situated in a transcendental position without being influenced by the material senses and the mind, by steady intelligence directed toward one's pure identity. This is the sum total of this chapter. In the immature stage of material existence, philosophical speculations and artificial attempts to control the senses by the so-called practice of yogic postures can never help a man toward spiritual life. He must be trained in Krishna consciousness by higher intelligence. And thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports to the third chapter of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita in the matter of karma yoga or the discharge of one's prescribed duty in Krishna consciousness. Mukam karodiva chalam, pangum langayate girim yakripa mahambande.
Shri Gurun Again, this last section of chapter three is responding to Arjuna's very important question. Uh, by what is one impelled to sinful uh, acts, even unwillingly, <clears throat> as if engaged by force? So perhaps we all have this experience uh, that we do things or we have done things uh, and we regret. And we know this was not, not good. It may be something very minor. Sometimes we just say something to someone which we later regret. Um, we have expression in English, you feel like sticking your foot in your mouth. <laughs> you say something foolish and, and you cannot take back your words. Why, why did I say that? And we all have that experience. And perhaps also worse, we have uh, possibly done things which are just not, um, well, let's say, not the standard for Vaishnavas. Perhaps now that we are pursuing spiritual life, we're not doing anything improper, but perhaps before, before that time, Perhaps we have uh, engaged in some activities that we would not want to uh, do again. Uh, so Arjuna's question is, is interesting because he's admitting or he's recognizing there is a problem. <clears throat> and the problem is uh, this, this experience of force Anichan, even without desire, uh, something may seem to come even from outside ourselves. Uh, and Krishna is addressing that. And how is he addressing it? Uh, his first, his initial response is uh, very significant. Kama Esha, Krodha Esha, Rajoguna, Samudbhava. Mahashano Mahapatma Nidhi Enam Iha Vairinam. First, he describes two components, two aspects uh, of what it is that is doing this pushing. There is Kama and there is Krodha. And we know that these are uh, closely related. Um, we know from chapter two, toward the end of the chapter, Dhyayato Vishayan Pungsa Sangas Teshu Upajayate Sangat Sanjayate Kama Kama Krodha Abhijayate The meditation on objects of senses, dhyayana, <clears throat> vishaya, 
is objects of senses. Sangha uh, is association with that which we're meditating on. Uh, from that, upajayate arises. Uh, what arises? Kama and then krodha and so on. So kama and krodha are the beginning of the slippery slope, uh, which ends up uh, with uh, for complete forgetfulness of who we are. Krodat bhavati sang moha sang mohat smriti vibrama smriti brangshat buddhinasha buddhinashat pranashati. Uh, one thing leads to another. So even before all of this starts, we may think uh, this is not a danger, it's not a problem, um, but material nature works in such a way that one trouble leads to another trouble leads to another trouble. Uh, it's, um, in English, we call it domino theory. When you set up uh, this game, dominoes, they're little, um, little objects with numbers or numbers of dots and you stand them up next to each other and you push one of them over, that pushes the next, which pushes the next, which pushes the next, and they're all pushed over. There was a cartoon, I remember, uh, someone made a very nice cartoon of this, uh, showing a man sitting down um, at uh, the beginning of a circle of big stone, you can say dominoes, and he, ha he has pushed over one of the stones and he doesn't see that it's pushing over the next, the next, the next, and it's going around in a circle so that the last stone on the opposite side is going to fall and smash him. He who has pushed the first stone is going to get... Uh, squashed he's going to get smashed um, by but it's by his own action yeah so krishna is saying kama asha kama this uh, asha means something which it's the um, it's the pronoun this uh, which indicates something close by asha kama asha kroda this this kama and this kroda. Uh, where does it come from? Rajaguna samudbhava. It is arising, udbhava, uh, quite thoroughly, sama, from Rajaguna. Because Arjuna is asking, where does this come from? Krishna is answering, it's coming from Rajaguna. Then you might say, okay, well, then it's not my fault. It's Rajaguna. And what can I do? Rajaguna just came and attacked me. No, the whole Bhagavad Gita, especially chapters 14, 17, and much of 18, are mapping out uh, the three modes of nature so that we know 
what their features are and therefore how to avoid, especially this Rajaguna, to be in Sattvaguna. So no excuses. Um, this, uh, this enemy, which is Kama and Kroda, is uh, Mahashana, Mahashana, Mahashana. Uh, it's all devouring, and it's Mahapatma, it's greatly sinful, uh, and uh, it's Vairinam, it's an enemy. So that's the beginning of, of Krishna's answer, and then he's elaborating um, with some analogies. As fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror is covered by dust, or as the embryo is covered by a womb, living entity is similarly covered by different degrees of this lust. Now, you could say this seems like a contradiction to the first point he's making, which was that it comes, arises out of Rajaguna, and now he's saying it, it resides in different degrees, and the commentators will say these are uh, the three modes of nature. So, uh, dumena, avriyate, covered with smoke, fire, that's lust in the mode of goodness, um, covered by mirror, uh, embryo by womb, yeah. So mirror covered by dust, this is mode of passion. Embryo covered by the womb uh, is, is, is lust in ignorance. Um, but let's remember that Krishna is saying it arises from mode of passion, but it can reside uh, in all of the modes. So it's not, it's not so easy. We can't say, oh, I'm fixed in the mode of goodness, so no danger. No, there's always danger. <laughs> there's always danger. Uh, <clears throat> and so we want to be on our guard. So then uh, Krishna goes on to elaborate how this, what happens. The, the pure consciousness of a living entity gets covered by this eternal enemy, which is lust. And as he's already said uh, in verse 37, 37, uh, yeah, Mahashana, uh, Hmm. Where am I here? He's emphasizing in any case in 39 that this uh, lust is never never satisfied. Dushpurena analena. It's compared to a fire. If you add fuel to a fire, what happens? Is the fire going to go out by adding fuel? No, it's going to increase. So um, someone may think, oh, there's a fire, it's, it's going out, uh, let me add some fuel. 
yes, you can add fuel and then the fire will get uh, larger. But if you're not careful, that fire can get out of hand and can burn everything. There, there's a controlled fire that's called yagya. And then there's the fire of lust, which is uncontrolled. It'll go everywhere and destroy everything. Okay, and then Krishna is saying, after he's sort of given us the picture, there is this, um, this um, power of, of, uh, of desire. The word kama has in English a kind of uh, spectrum of meaning. In the general sense, kama just means desire, but specifically desire for oneself. Um, and then we also have the word lust. So kama, when it becomes, you know, very intense, we may say that is lust. Uh, in Bhagavad Gita, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna's Kaviraj makes a distinction between kama and prema. <clears throat> Atmendriya priti vangsha tare bali kam Krishnendriya priti icha dhare prema nam. Where the desire is to satisfy one's own senses, atma indriya, that is called kama. Krishna indriya priti. That is tare premanam, that is called prema. Just having the desire. So that's why Srila Prabhupada would often speak about just transform your desire, just uh, convert your desire from desire to serve your own senses to desire to serve Krishna's senses. And that's why in this purport, that we've read, and almost every purport of Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita as it is, he's bringing in this point, it's about Krishna consciousness. You want to be successful in yoga, you have to be Krishna conscious. What is that Krishna consciousness? That means wanting, having desire, having intention uh, to serve Krishna. That is the um, the, the immediate way, the practical and immediate way to transform uh, kama into prema. It's actually a kind of alchemy. You know alchemy? The alchemists in the Middle Ages, they were, they were trying to uh, convert, they were trying to transform mercury into gold. They made huge efforts to do this. Also, um, in, in China, there, there has been a, a history of, uh, of uh, sort of magicians and such who were trying to um, convert uh, convert something like mercury or whatever into gold. And um, these people would become very, uh, they, uh, the, the kings would find these people very interesting. 
um, because they were hoping that they could uh, discover an elixir, an amrita of immortality. Kings always, you know, they want to be living forever. So they would, uh, they would hire these guys who said, yes, I can make something for you. And then when they would fail, then the kings would kill them. <laughs> the king would kill the, uh, the magician, the, the chemist, the alchemist. But this is real alchemy. Um, and, and this is a very wonderful kind of alchemy. Okay, now... Mm, uh, Krishna is saying in verse 41, asmat, therefore, tvam indriyani adau niyamya. Oh, best of the Bharatas, niyamya Bharatarshava, Bharatarishava, oh, bull among the Bharatas. Asmat, therefore, understanding the power of Kama. Ado in the beginning, Tvam Indriyani Niyamya, regulating the senses, Patmanam Prajahi Hi Enam Jnana Vigyana Nashanam, regulating the senses which are Jnana Vigyana Nashanam. Um, okay, the verb here, uh, imperative form, is prajaha, prajahi, prajahi, um, curb, put aside, control. Um, anyway, he's saying this in, in a quite strong and direct term. This is the first thing you have to do. You want to practice yoga. Okay, step one, control your senses. Uh, and then in the next verse, Krishna gives us a wonderful analysis that helps us in that function of controlling the senses by, give, um, by understanding the hierarchy. Where are the senses located in relation to sense objects, in relation to the mind, in relation to the intelligence, uh, and, and the self and the super-self. So, indriyani paranyahur, indriyavya parangmana, manasastu parabudhir, yo budhe parataha tu saha. The working senses are superior to dull matter. Mind is higher than the senses. Intelligence is still higher than the mind. And he, the soul, is even higher than the intelligence. Now, um, the verse does not explicitly mention uh, the sense objects. Prabhupada is translating the working senses. He says working senses, all senses, working and knowledge acquiring, but he says working senses, perhaps from one of the commentaries, are superior, parani, um, 
It doesn't say what they're superior to, but the implication is they're superior to the objects of the senses, which is dull matter. And this is significant because when, when lust, when kama is involved, what's the first thing that happens is the senses in effect become servant to the sense objects, which means the senses try to, uh, try to uh, be in an inferior position to the sense objects. Like uh, Prabhupada says again and again, we are servant. Either we're servant of material energy or servant of spiritual energy, we're always servant. So what's happening when we are indulging our senses, basically we are subordinating our senses to the sense objects. So Krishna is saying here, step number one to control the senses is to remember that they're actually superior to the sense objects. And then superior to the senses, Indriyebhyaha, Parang, Manaha, the mind. Uh, sometimes the mind is identified as one of the senses. It becomes uh, the sixth sense. And Srila Prabhupada explains what is the basic function of the mind. It's accepting and rejecting. Uh, it is, but we can also say the mind is organizing. Uh, the mind is uh, turning attention to one uh, to one thing and not another. Uh, our ability to function in the world is to a large extent because the mind is filtering out so much sense information. If the mind were not focusing on something, whatever it's focusing on, our senses would be completely overwhelming us with, uh, with sensations from all sides constantly. Um, it would be like a, tele uh, like a TV screen uh, that's showing static. You know, when the whole screen is just showing what looks like snow, sort of, and it makes a whishing sound. That would be our experience if it weren't for the mind. So the mind is above the intelligence. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it's not above. It's above uh, the senses uh, because it's organizing the senses. It's filtering. Uh, it's... Uh, giving attention to uh, a particular direction of uh, one or more of the senses. And then Krishna goes on, manasas too, para buddhi. The buddhi, the, what we usually is translated as intelligence, uh, is para, is superior to the mind. And why is it that the intelligence is superior to the mind? 
the way I have come to understand this is because the, the intelligence has the ability to, um, to question, to challenge. This is one of the most important functions. Of course, intelligence has many functions, um, but uh, the, 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 intelli the business of intelligence is to be alert to something that's wrong. Um, I just got an email uh, yesterday from the bank uh, which was giving advice how to be careful not to get uh, cheated by unauthorized persons who may want to uh, take information from me, um, may want me to spend money on something, uh, and and it's uh, it's actually some swindle. So this is the. The function they're giving tips on how to be careful, how to be, yeah, how to be suspicious of any messages that might come. Uh, they said, especially during this time uh, where there's so much uh, problem with the COVID virus, uh, various types of uh, illegal activity are becoming more prominent as a result. So it's the buddhi, the intelligence, and of course the word buddhi uh, comes from bud, which means, or bod, which means to awaken. And uh, so it suggests that a major function of the buddhi is to be alert. And to be alert, uh, I like to say, is to be ready to ask questions and a very helpful question to ask ourselves whenever we are about to take up some activity, especially if it seems to involve sense gratification, is, is this going to help me? Is this going to uh, help my consciousness of Krishna? Is this going to be pleasing? to Krishna. Is my engagement in this activity or engagement in, uh, uh, with my senses, is this going to be pleasing to the Lord? It's a very simple question we can ask ourselves. And if we are, if, if we ask this question and we're not so sure what the answer is, uh, then when in doubt, don't, is a good rule of thumb. <laughs> when in doubt, don't. If you're not sure if you should do something, better not. Uh, that's uh, a general rule of thumb. Okay, indriyani paranyahur indriyabhyat parangmana manasastu parangbudhe Yo budhe parata tu saha. What uh, that that which is superior to the intelligence, 
Sahan. There is that which is superior. That is uh, Saha, he. And uh, depending on which commentator uh, one reads, uh, Saha can refer to the self, uh, the Atma, or to Param Atma. Um, one might want to say it can refer to both. Uh, there's little amb ambiguity there. <laughs> But uh, when, the when the intelligence is activated, we are opening ourselves to, um, to Krishna. We are opening ourselves to Krishna. One could say also this whole section is, it's referring so much to buddhi. Krishna mentions buddhi yoga. Uh, in the, around the middle of chapter two. So um, if, you, if you meet, in case you are meeting any Buddhist, um, you can say, yes, we are also Buddhist. <laughs> we practice buddhi yoga. I'm telling devotees in China, this is what we should be doing because in China, everybody knows what is Buddhism. Uh, and so we can say, yes, we are also practicing Buddhism. Uh, Krishna Buddhism, it's the Buddhism that Krishna teaches in Bhagavad Gita, in which uh, we should uh, awaken our intelligence, Buddha Yoga. Okay, now finally, <laughs> getting back to this final verse, uh, which is kind of summarizing and overviewing. It's saying, thus knowing oneself to be transcendental to the material senses, mind, and intelligence, O mighty-armed Arjuna, one should steady the mind by deliberate spiritual intelligence. Samstabhyatmanam <clears throat> atmana buddhya by means of buddhi, um, the, uh, and by means of the self, atmana means by the self, <clears throat> uh, being established in the self, sangstabhya, being fixed. Um, we want to be fixed in who we are. We want to remember, I am servant of Krishna. Jahi Shatram, Shatram is, we had Vairina, Vairin. Now Shatru, the same thing, means enemy. Um, and we had Prajahi, now we have Jahi, uh, curbing, conquering. Jahi Shatram, conquer this enemy. Again, what is this enemy? Kama Rupam, it has the form of Kama and what is its nature? Duras, dura asadam. It is uh, very formidable. It is a very powerful, um, power, powerful enemy. So uh, in spiritual life, on one side, we have the ideal of nonviolence, ahimsa, 
and on the other side, we uh, we recognized <laughs> there is danger in this material world, and we want to protect ourselves. But what is the biggest danger? Uh, the biggest danger is right inside of ourselves. Um, we we may know the story that um, Kamadeva approached Lord Shiva as Shiva was meditating uh, on Mount Kailash. And he was very peacefully uh, absorbed in meditation and Kamadeva approached him wanting, wanting to disturb him with Kama, with desire. Uh, because uh, the devas wanted him to unite with Parvati, but at the time he was um, he was quite peaceful, just meditating. So when Kamadeva arrived, uh, and when Shiva understood what is Kamadeva's purpose, what did he do? He glanced. He turned his fiery glance to Kamadeva. And by glancing at him with his, the fiery power of his destructive potency, he burned Kamadeva to ashes. And so Kamarupam uh, became without form. Ananga, he became without form. But that was not the end of the story. We may say, Jai, Lord Shiva, he destroyed Kama. No, he didn't destroy Kama. Kama disappeared, he became ashes, but, uh, and he lost his body. But in the process, he entered into everybody. And so we find Kama Deva lodged. He is situated in, in our own bodies, and he is uh, with different degrees of covering uh, of our Krishna consciousness, of our spiritual, of our spiritual body. Uh, what does he do? He, he, he pushes Vega. He has very strong pushing. Uh, and so we want to um, we want to be ready for that fight, and that's what Krishna is telling Arjuna here: Jahi Shatram, um, conquer over this enemy. Uh, now that you know who the enemy is, now you can fight him. If we don't know who the enemy is, where he is, what what he does, and then it's very difficult to fight. But if we know, then uh, we can wage a very effective war. But again, Krishna here, this is beginning of the Gita, still end of chapter three. Uh, Krishna is not uh, speaking so directly. He's not, he's, he's speaking about karma yoga, um, but when he speaks about bhakti, then we understand uh, what is the effective way of control uh, of conquering 
this lust is by transforming it into love, by directing our desire to serve the Lord. Hare Krishna. Maybe I should uh, stop there. and see if anyone has a question. Donna Kelly, Hare Krishna. How many of you are there in the park? Yes, confirmed. Around 20. 20. Okay, very nice. <laughs> it, it looks like you have good weather. Yes, super. No sun, but very warm. Wonderful. Nice, nice. Very much. I, uh, Pralat Maharaj, we say, Pralat, he say, there is no friend and there is no enemy to Amika ah. on. So now you say there's a friend and there's an enemy. How is relate together? Yes, that's a good that's a good point. Um, when when Prahlad says there are no friends and no enemy, he says to Hiranyakashipu, actually you do have one enemy, that's your mind. And so we understand um, when Krishna is saying that this lust is, is your enemy, it's using language in a, um, as a metaphor. Prahlad is saying, I don't have any enemies or friends in the world. In other words, people. I don't, I don't see friends and enemies amongst people. But I see that you, my dear father, you have an enemy. You think, you, you think that I'm an enemy, but uh, your real enemy is your mind. But to say that is, uh, is to be, um, to speak metaphorically. There's a kind of difference in how the language is used. So yeah, devotees, we, we, are, we are aiming for that mentality of, of Prahlad to, to not see, um, to not have this party spirit, my group, your group, and so on. Um, and at the same time, uh, we want to be on guard against the danger of the enemy, and we may say in quotation marks, the enemy, uh, which is our, our own uncontrolled mind and uh, the, the power of lust. Does that make sense? 
Yes. You were talking about domino, like pushing and falling one of on another. Yes. How we can how we can stop if something like this is happening, or should we wait till everything falls down? Like, yeah, of course, of course, this is, uh, again, a kind of analogy. Um, and if we go by the analogy, we might want to say, okay, keep those dominoes far enough apart from each other that one does not push the other over. <laughs> like now we have with this COVID virus, we have uh, social distancing. The idea is if we can keep some distance, we don't infect another person who then infects another, etc. Uh, and in a similar way, we want to keep ourselves at a distance from, uh, yeah, from lust, from from karma. Um, but I would I would say like this that the the whole idea of Krishna speaking Bhagavad Gita is that we strengthen our memory, our intelligence of understanding what is what is right and what is wrong for ourselves. And so at any point uh as we are going through life, we can, um, we have some power to interrupt. If we just go on, if we, you know, do something foolish and then there's trouble and that leads to one thing after another after another, and we just kind of throw up our hands and say, well, there's nothing I can do, um, that may not be very. That may not be very wise and very helpful. So devotees are, we're on guard at all times. And when there's a, a problem, then we're still on guard. We don't let down our guard because uh, something undesirable happens. Did that make sense? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, uh, according to my uh, clock, we have four more minutes. I don't know how strictly we're keeping schedule, but uh, anyone else have... I couldn't hear you. I said there's open time. Open, to, open oh, time. I see. Okay. Anyway, 
anyway, you can continue with your kirtan you were having. So, yeah, I will say, I wish you all a wonderful week. Thank you. This, Thank you, Guru. This next week. Yes. Everybody keep safe. Don't get sick. Yeah. Okay. Everything is well. We'll show you the place for a match. One minute. Oh, okay. If you okay. Ah. Oh, Gorney Tire there. Okay, very nice. Shishi Gorney Tire Jai. There will be a tick after we do a tick here, and then after we have Prasadam also and Kirtan for sure. Very good, very good. Okay. So nice. And you have also other listeners. There was many standing and stopping and listening. Just stopping and wondering what's going on here. Yeah, what yes. is <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I will say Hari Bol to all of you. And uh, I wish you all the best. Grantaraj Shimad Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shishi Gordi Tai Ki Jai, Anantakoti Vaishnavarinda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande Hari.